Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Maniac. And I'm your other host, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch. Yes. I can, I mean, obviously I can see the face you make when you say it. And then I also have started <laughs> to realize, I believe I make the same face. I think you also make the face when I say it. Because yeah, I no. make faces when you do your intro yes. too. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's synergy. It's energy synergy. <laughs> and that's maybe why we stick to podcasting. But today we are going to talk, or we're, I don't know that we're going to talk about something new in that it's just a new way to do the same thing we've already been doing. Yes. Um, but I titled today's exercise, uh, A Grown Worthy, Spell It Out. Oh, good. Oh, is this about spells by any chance? <laughs> Surprise. It Whoa. Is, it is indeed. Uh, but one of the things Celeste and I were talking about was that there is, there's a frequent type of article that comes out and seems really popular. Um, I make that assumption based on the fact that they keep coming out and I don't envision someone would make them again and again if they didn't. So we're going to be inspired today by a GameRant.com article entitled... Entitled Dungeons and Dragons, five spells that every third level wizard should know and five that are a waste of a spell slot. <laughs> Look at that spicy title. <laughs> uh, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I I mean, uh, I, I mean, I definitely have clicked on articles like this because whenever I'm making a new character, uh, sort of to streamline my spell process, I don't know about you, but I'm always like, okay, best spells for Warlock or, you know, mm -hmm. typing those into Google just to help me make decisions sometimes, especially if I have to make a character quickly. Sometimes it's just really good to get the feedback of like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I love this spell. And you're like, huh. Okay, I didn't think of it that before. I know like for my my bard that I played, for example, I had no idea how cool the Phantasmal Killer spell was until I read an article about all the weird ways you can use the spell. So I get it. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about uh, about this article. Like you said, I've read countless ones of these and I did not. Apparently we are still the same person because that is the number one time that I read them is when I need to build a character yesterday. Yep. Um, <laughs> This is the best build for, like you said, best build for Warlock. I'm like, yeah, okay. yeah. I love, I mean, like Giant in the Playground has like how mm -hmm. to build the most awesome paladin or whatever. Um, yeah. I'm all about that. <laughs> Perfect. So my thought was that there's no other way for us to do this. But do you, I mean, I know dice are created in your home. So this is why I always ask if you have dice handy, let's roll a D10 and see what we get. Oh, yes. Let me let me see. Okay. I have a, a set of RPG black tentacles dice right here in front of me that I was giving away on Venture Maidens. Oh, my gosh. Night, so it's perfect. Watch we roll black tentacles. <laughs> black tentacles. Blah, blah, blah. Ten. Is it black tentacles? It is not. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> that would be funny. So is it on this list? No, it's not. No, okay, it's not. No. But that'd be wild. Oh, that'd be so good. So to... For number 10, it is Booming Blade, Ooh. which has been listed as Waste of a Slot. Waste of a Slot. Uh, honestly, you know, I, I sort of have to agree because uh, 5th edition, you know, rules is written. Booming Blade, basically, it requires a wizard to make a melee weapon attack, mm -hmm. which, like, when are you going to have a wizard that does that? And even if you are doing that, like, it, it also, you have to be, like, right next to an enemy 
So like wizards, that's that's not a good place for wizards to be. And it uses your strength or dexterity. So like I can I can see the case for this being awesome for maybe like an eldritch knight. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it does seem a little bit weird uh, for a, a choice for a wizard. And this is one of the main reasons why I want to do these types of exercises, because it helped make us better about approaching these things. And hopefully we can help make you better about approaching them, because the idea that we have to always run through with this article is that it is best for a third level wizard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, if I've dipped off into eldritch knight if i've chosen to take the like arcane initiate style feats so that i pick up this spell to add it to a different class like maybe i can make this useful but if i'm just a a third level wizard oh man i'm trying to think like your best case scenario is maybe 15 health like yeah it's not good it doesn't look good and another reason i don't like booming blade is because it makes it really hard as a dungeon master because the effect doesn't happen until the enemy moves away so and like people inevitably forget that they have done that and they don't remember that they should have taken damage until you know you're into your monster's second attack and you're like well that would have killed well this this is terrible um so spells that have that delayed kind of reaction uh, i just find them a little bit frustrating uh, as a dungeon master yeah because you also then are, are forced to assess whether or not like what are the tactics of the monster that you're working with would they right. be able to move away would they choose not to because they know would they even know what booming blade is yeah it's a it's a toughie okay so we have agreed for the most part not great not great not great good job article we agree with you. <laughs> Thus far. We'll see. How about we roll again? See if we Okay, get. okay. We'll see. All right, rolling. Black tentacle say. One. Ooh, we're just on both bookends here. Scrolling down. Ooh, misty step. Fall which falls into the category of should know. Okay. Why don't you start with this? Your feelings on Misty Step. It is literally the exact scenario that we presented before, or exact opposite scenario that we presented before. Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm. want to be close to an enemy. (laughs) And if you, as the dungeon master, are starting to utilize certain tactics, it could be that you have them step into an area where there's an ambush, or just something comes up from behind, and most parties are going to have the wizard in the back, and now they can misty step to the front, to the side, up, down, wherever they need to go. It's just helpful to get that range and then continue to uh, rain down fiery death, most likely. Yeah, I mean, and Misty Step is also a bonus action. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about action economy, it is a phenomenal spell to have. Um, And also just all of the bad situations my characters have gotten out of because of Misty Step. It is is an incredibly useful spell. Uh, Because you never know, you know, if you're going to be falling in a pit, you know, whoa, Misty Step out. Oh, Mm -hmm. you're you're trapped by a bear trap. Oh, get get out of there. Oh, no, a goblin attack from the bushes. Goodbye. Uh, Misty Step is is an incredible utility spell to have. Yeah, especially I thought of all the scenarios of very classic dungeon crawling situations. And let's say, I mean, for whatever reason, you didn't go in with a rogue. There's a lot that a wizard with Misty Step could accomplish. I mean, it's still, again, we're still in very scary territory to get hit by some sort of like mechanical trap and now they die. But the idea that you could just, like you said, that chasm. Okay, I'm just on the other side. We're fine now. 
we're fine. Uh, you know, I am not going to be doing that athletics jump check to get over that chasm. So I need Misty Step as yep. a wizard. Not a chance. Not a chance. I'm making that. But, but the other thing is like the action economy, like you said. So do I Misty Step that 30 feet? I still cast a cantrip. Do I Misty Step and dash because I need to really get away? Do I like the scenario that you can play out because you've used that bonus action, which for a lot of classes may not have much, if anything yeah. at all, to use. So then what you normally do in a round kind of is still just there. Yeah. I mean, I will say probably the only downside I know, you know, for wizards, it's it's always the choice between uh, do I make my spells, how, how much utility do I have, and then how much damage do I have? So that is definitely complicated when you're play, picking, a, you know, a third level wizard. Uh, you you really you only have six spell slots. You have four mm-hmm. first level and you have two second level. So it can kind of feel like a like a big spend to have Misty Step, you know, uh, selected as opposed to other spells. But I mean, I think considering how many situations it can save your butt, I I think it's kind of worth it. Agreed. I've used it to great effect and. I'm trying to think of the nice way to say this. It's going to get you into as much trouble as it's probably going to get you out of. Yeah. Um, Which is great. (laughs) Like, that's a lot of fun, too, both from the DM perspective and the player perspective. Like, this spell is going to cause trouble. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's see how easily I can do this. Hey, Siri. Roll a D10. Just a sec. (gasps) Siri. Rolling. It's eight. Well, there we go. By the power of Steve Jobs' ghost. Ghost. Uh, what did we get with eight? We got long strider. Long strider. Waste Ooh. of a slot. Waste of a slot. I am inclined to agree. Um, long strider feels like just such a big spend of a spell for very little payoff. Um, I mean, because you can only move an additional ten feet on top of your regular movement, but. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how often 10 feet is the difference between, you know, life and death. You know, certainly not in the same way, like at higher levels when you get things like haste, when you can run up to your full speed again, or you could dash. Definitely, yeah, long strider feels like a, a, a big cost to spend a whole spell slot just to get that little advantage. Yeah, and the other thing is that it's for one person. It's yeah. not for your group, and again, the only scenarios I can think of are, are very specific. One thought would be if you wanted to use it and you were doing long, long amounts of travel and you're almost could take long, you would almost take long strider as a spell to mimic something like a feat uh, mm-hmm. in that you could have that argument. I guess I'm seeing the argument that someone could bring to me and I would potentially have that conversation of like, OK, you, I'm the DM. You tell me I have long strider. This is how I would like to use it. We can go farther than normal groups because of it. And like, yeah. but again, that's such a niche like, like scenario. The other one is like, I don't think the calculations, how do the calculations work in fifth? Because all I can see is like basically Excel spreadsheets on how to jump high and far in third edition. But like would 10 feet be able to. Yeah, so this doesn't even affect your your jumping or anything. It's just your speed. Because there's also the jump Mm, spell. mm -hmm. Um, So long strider is uh, pretty pretty limited (laughs) in what it can offer you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because jump is a separate spell that uh, a creature's jump distance is tripled until the spell ends. So Longstrider is just strictly an extra 10 feet 
of movement for an hour. For one ally. Not you. Literally, I mean, yeah. the other scenario is like, hey, we're all going to die, but not you. But not you. I guess you can run away. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> hey, this is this article's working out better than I thought yeah, it did. Yeah, no, this, this article is, it's you know, it's pretty good. Okay, let's see. Let's get Siri in here another time. Hey, Siri, roll a D10. Okay, seven this time. Which would mean we should have shield. Ooh, shield. Should? No. I'll let you take that one. <gasps> Wait, what? Really? Okay. Shield yes. is under should know. Yes. And I think that is great. Um, I think shield is wonderful. I love that it's basically the only reaction wizards oh. can ever <laughs> do. Um, it's it's like shield and counterspell are basically the only reactions a wizard is ever going to be able to take. And honestly, like an AC boost by five, that's huge. That makes the difference between a lot oh, of yeah. different kinds of attacks. So, I mean, shield is shield is absolutely incredible. And the fact that it also lasts until the start of your next turn. So, you know, if you get hit early with one attack, shield lasts all the way through all the other attacks that might happen on that turn, which can just totally... I have seen this work so many times in Wizards' favor that uh, I absolutely, 10 out of 10, agree this is a should-know spell. Yeah, to the point where, like, I would almost want to have, like, pretty specific conversations about, like, what does shield look like for your wizard? Because, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's, the other thing is that, first off, it's, like, 25% of a D20 that you boost up. That's huge. Yeah, (laughs) the other thing is you get to use it only when you need it. Yeah. So you don't have to burn it like, uh-huh. you know, without. Yeah. Yeah. No, not only great. does it fit into that reaction slot that you're most likely almost never using in the first place, but now it's only going to pop up when you need it, which I think from like a, a design perspective, the back end, I'm like, man, as a wizard, I know exactly how much hit that's going to hit on me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, because if you te- let's say my AC is 13, you tell me it's 19. I know that as that wizard and I'm not going to use it. Yeah. But if you yeah. told me it was a, sev- a hit of a 17, well, then I'll use it. And yeah. like from the design perspective, that's interesting because it's also like it's this weird meta spell in some ways, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, good. Fantastic spell. Yeah. The five AC is just absolutely insane. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. That I mean, I think that's the best boost in the game, you know, because mm-hmm. even things like bark skin or whatever, you know, it's limited by your dexterity. But so uh, just a five just to stack on top boom that's that's awesome yeah then like you said it's the it's until your next turn like you you just have it and you're ready to go okay i say one more one more i'll I'll let you roll and let's see what we get rolling rolling these dice Uh, oh okay two what was two (laughs) gentle repose gentle repose waste of Um, a slot yeah, where they say waste of a slot on here. Um, hmm. So I see where they're coming from because if I am only a level third wizard and I only have those two, you know, mm-hmm. those six spell slots in total, I can definitely see why Gentle Repose would not be a great choice uh, for now. Maybe at higher levels when, you know, you you can potentially like sacrifice you know, have some room on your spell list for something like general gentle repose. But yeah, it's um, 
it's also kind of weird for a wizard to have because yeah. I don't know what it is about it, but I, I just always feel this is such a divine oriented spell. Like it's something a paladin or a cleric should have, but not necessarily a wizard. Yeah, like again, some of these you almost have to find that flavor of is it almost more of like a time based thing that's happening? Because the the way Gentle Repose, I mean, even from its name and like the way it's written definitely feels like this very divine thing. Whereas I would almost think the wizard version would be much more clinical, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Like it, it's yeah. either this time or the person just smells like formaldehyde. I don't know. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, the only scenarios I see are because the other thing is they can't be turned into an undead. Mm-hmm. is if like that's a really common theme for the game and you know that yeah. up front or you yeah. also you know up front you also don't have a cleric i mean yeah, yeah it's certainly not a must because because also honestly like at, at third level what very few parties are going to have the resources to even if they do you know save a corpse to get resurrected what third level party has diamonds to oh, resurrect gosh. or can yeah. pay a high cleric to resurrect someone. Usually if you die at low levels, you're going to be rolling a new character to be quite mm-hmm. honest. So gentle repose feels a little bit like uh like overkill or maybe, you know, setting up an expectation of how a third level party, uh, <laughs> you know, the means uh, you have available. Uh, and that just isn't quite true. Yes. But with that, I say we've done it. We've, we've done, done it, it once again. Um, and you know what? If you liked what you heard, you should go tell a friend. Find find someone and convince them that they should lift the mental weights with you. And convince you both, of course, to go over to your Apple podcast or your podcatcher of choice and leave us a review. As always, a huge and wonderful thank you to the bards over on Bombarded who did our intro and outro music. And you can find more about that and them. Not probably not more about our intro and outro. I don't know. Maybe they wrote it all (laughs) up. But you can find out more at BombardedCast.com. But rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head over to Taking Your Supplements. Taking Your Supplements. Today on Taking Your Supplements, we are going to talk about an amazing product that has just come out. It is beautiful, and it is one of the funniest franchise base level themes that it harkens back to because good God just stopped doing it. Um, (laughs) After the first one, you would think that they wouldn't do it again, but we're going to talk about Dino World. Dino World. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Neil, for bringing up this adventure I wrote. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So I figured, you know, everyone could use a little bit more dinosaur pulp action adventure in their life. So I have just released on the DMs Guild an adventure called 
Dino World. Uh, technically, Dino World is written uh, for the world of Eberron. It's Adventurers League legal uh, to set in your Eberron oh, nice. games uh, and usable with the salvage bases and missions rules, uh, which are some very special cool rules uh, for Eberron Adventurers League. Uh, but it also just works as a really great one-shot game or like a side quest in your campaign. Uh, I've run this game for a bunch of groups that don't play in Eberron, and they've all still had a great time. Uh, but basically... It's a tier two adventure that'll take, you know, three, four hours or so to play through. And Dino World basically takes you into an abandoned theme park that is all themed around dinosaurs. So it's it's just a ton of fun. It's a it's a really great adventure. Uh, just I, honestly to get folks hooked onto D&D, because if you like Jurassic Park, chances are you're going to love this adventure. So this is a great hook to maybe, you know, convince those people who've been on the edge about not trying out Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, if you promise them some good dino fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Some would even say that it is the number one spot for the Guild Adept things on the DMs Guild. That someone's me. It is, it is. And uh, what's extra special about this adventure too is uh, I also drew the maps mm-hmm. for this. Um, so these were some of my first digital projects with my new little Wacom pen. So uh, so it's extra special and close to my heart because I did, you know, a ton, a ton of work for this yeah. thing. So uh, I would be really, really honored if y'all would check it out. And if you like it, you know, leave a rating and review on the DMs Guild. Why I did indeed is Floyd P- Floyd P. That's me. <gasps> oh, thank you. No problem. I was like, whatever. I've realized I'm not, I have no idea why it has my first name. Oh, fun fact. If no one knows on the podcast, that's my first name. And um, yeah, so I left a rating and review as well. And I definitely Yay. think I think it does well to drop this in your Eberron campaign to keep that Eberron feel. Cause I, I, I feel like over time, this is to- totally an aside and like speaks to why I think this is really good. But over time, I feel like that pulp version of Eberron has a chance to fade. Um, that like, once you get mm-hmm. settled into an Eberron campaign that you, you, you let that kind of drift away because you get kind of into your more D and D tropes and roots just because over time the campaigns do that so this is a fun way to ratchet that back up to 11 um because they could easily the other thing i thought about was doing was taking this and like figuring out what level of disrepair you want your dino world to be like is it this mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. thrumming thing that's in the middle of Sharn? Is it this like off on a rando island and has been taken over and then you're deciding to again, why would you make another one on another island? Um <laughs> But that but that could be the start of that like an entire idea of campaigns, like that this just like the Jurassic Park movies, where again they just constantly keep making them. You could have Dino World too. Again, you know you mm-hmm. you all know which one of your players you immediately thought of. When I said Dino World 2, yes. oh, yeah. you all thought of someone. <laughs> so. Also, Celeste, if you make Dino World 2, you let me know and I will I will help you make that happen. Oh yes. All right. <laughs> Dino Lost World. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> so on that groan-worthy note, hey, it came from you this time. Oh, I did it. Yep. I did it. <laughs> we will turn out the lights and head out of the gym. 
Before we go, though, I want to implore you, the listener, to join on the forums, the Discord, Twitter, anywhere you can find us and take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? <laughs>